1: Hello? Hello? Podcast Network Asia
2: Welcome to She Talks Peace, a podcast that highlights the role of women peacebuilders around the world in bringing lasting peace and security to their communities. Eavesdrop into their conversations and get to know their stories. From the Philippines to Malaysia, from Indonesia to Palestine, from Myanmar to the United States, their dreams, and their hopes for a world without violence and a world where every woman and girl can be whoever she wants to be. Hosted by Amina Rasul Bernardo, President of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, and Dina Zaman, a Malaysian journalist and co-founder of Iman Research. This
0: is She Talks Peace. Salam, dear listeners from around the world. Ramadan Karim. For those of you who are fasting, this is Amina Rasul from the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, greeting you from Manila. Hi Dina.
1: Hi. Salam Ramadan from Malaysia. Selamat berpuasa as we say here. To all our listeners, thank you for listening in. How are you Amina? And happy belated birthday. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: Are you sending me chocolate-covered nuts from from Malaysia, <laughs> By Dina? By the time it
1: gets to you, will probably expire, you know. Or, yeah, or, me- or, or melt <laughs> <Yeah>. Or
0: melted, <laughs> But you know, Dina, sometimes I would just like to forget my birthday mm-hmm. and just remain young at heart. Right. But then, Dina, I uh-huh. won't get nice presents. Ah. I'm, yeah. My children, were are all grown up now. Gave me really nice gifts for my birthday. My only daughter gave me a great mat to use for my Pilates floor exercises. She keeps worrying about my brittle bones. So I do Pilates twice a week. And then my eldest son gave me a printer since I now work from home. And, you know, we have to do printing every once in a while. And then my youngest son fixed all the cables connecting all my devices so the, so I don't trip on the, on the cable when I walk. Don't you think this is a very thoughtful present, Dina? Oh, I'd like those presents myself. Yes, they are really, really nice. And what did your husband give you? Oh, he gave me flowering plants. Okay. Because it's to tell him, you know... the. Flowers are so expensive and then after a few days they die. So so he started giving me flowering plants, orchids. So when the flowers die, you mm-hmm. put them in the garden. So right. so nice, huh? It's uh practical yeah. and beautiful at the
1: same time. Oh, I agree, I agree. I mean your your children, right? I think I met them in passing a few years ago. Yeah, I when mean, you came to Manila. Yep. They remind me of how young people. Gosh, I can't say I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but how young people <laughs> are so in tune with the practicalities of life, and you know, at the same time, for some, well, for many young people also, their lives are also met, are messed up because of what's happening in the world.
0: Yeah, I, I know what you mean. And I think, you no, know, did you see President? Vladimir I saw Zelensky the last bit. At yes. The UN? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. I think you know Zelensky was right in criticizing the UN Security mm-hmm. Council, uh, the Security Council's ability or inability to right. secure peace. And I liked what he said when uh, he said, you know, it is obvious that the key institutions of the world, designed to combat aggression and ensure peace, cannot work effectively. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine this guy who's a former yeah. comedian? reminding the members of the UN of Article 1, Chapter 1 of their charter. And Zelensky says, what is the purpose of our organization? Its purpose is to maintain and make sure that peace is adhered to. And now the UN charter is violated literally, starting with Article 1. And what is the point of all the other articles? Can you imagine the... The the guts of this guy talking to the UN and the (laughs) Russian
1: uh, (laughs) ambassador is there. I I think what he said was pretty apt. And, uh, you know, there have been a few, I suppose there are a lot of CSOs who are quite disappointed with the UN in the last, what, 5, 10, 20 years. I mean, you look at Russia, who's the aggressor in Ukraine, right? Or perhaps I should say the Russian government, you know. They're one of the five members of the UN Security Council with veto Power. So that means that the UN Security Council mm. can never approve a resolution against Russia, even if it's guilty. So, you know, I was just watching the news about the massacre of civilians in Bukha by Russian soldiers, and I, I I was just shocked. How do you get away with it by vetoing any resolution? Please explain this to me.
0: I know, Dina. It's, un, it's, it's unimaginable. And five members of the UN... Security Council have that power, so nobody can ever yeah. do anything against any of yeah. these five. And yet, uh-huh. Dina, the UN does provide valuable support around yeah. the world for peace, mm-hmm. for empowerment. I mean, like you and I were working with yeah. UN Women, uh, so that we can yes. strengthen women, peace, and security in Southeast Asia. And uh, the UN is also providing humanitarian support in right. Ukraine as well as other areas of conflict like us in uh, uh, in Mindanao during the the years when um, we had military uh, operations Mm -hmm. against uh, Muslim communities and uh, indigenous peoples communities. So UN bodies like the UN Development Fund do provide training Uh and support in these areas of uh, conflict, especially what I like about what they do Is the empowering of women and young people so that they know how to strengthen the foundations of the community for peace and development, and learn how to resolve conflict
1: peacefully? I like that. Okay, I don't want to sound like an apologist, but every organization has its pros and cons, and yeah, it's true. The UN does provide valuable support for peace. But You know, you're right, but one thing also, and this is something which we've been talking about quite a bit for the past one year. I mean, uh, it's almost one year, yeah, on this podcast. We need to talk to more young people. Oh, yeah. Not only do they keep us young, they educate us. They teach us many things. You are absolutely (laughs) right. We have to bring down the average uh, (laughs) age.
0: of our guests. And I'm so glad you said that because our guest today is a young woman from Muslim Mindanao. Her name is Natira Dangkal, and she has worked with an organization that I know very well. I mean, I've worked with them in the past. It's called Balay Mindanao Foundation, and she's been working with them since 2018. Natira is an organizer for sustainable integrated area development and um she now works in Cotabato City, Now That's the seat of the Bangsamoro Autonomous Region for Muslim Mindanao. But what's really interesting, she worked uh, in Marawi, oh, yes, Marawi yeah. City from 2018 to 2021. And you remember the siege of Marawi. So she assisted in the rehabilitation of uh, Marawi residents after the siege. And that siege was amazing. Five months and that ISIS-affiliated violent extremist group led by the Maute brothers managed to keep government at bay.
1: Can you just imagine, for five oh, months? Oh, five months is just like a lifetime, you know? I mean, even a day in conflict is a lifetime. But, you know, I mean, uh, I have heard of Bali Mindanao. You I think, well, someone mentioned it to me, but... Uh, so for the listeners, uh, the Bali Mindanao Foundation Inc. Incorporated, BMFI, is a Filipino Mindanao-based and Mindanao-focused, non-stock, non-profit organization. BMFI's work and its people are a sense of fierce pride for Mindanao and a passion for transforming this poorest and most conflict-torn of the country's region into a ballet, a true home for its peoples. Christians, Muslims, and Lumads, the indigenous people of Mindanao. Its mission statement reads, Helping building, empowered, sustainable communities, helping build peace in Mindanao as it pursues its vision of equality, development, peace for Mindanao, for the Philippines, and the world. Now, its peace-building and development work in the rural areas of Mindanao are pursued through principal partnerships with people's organizations, NGOs, local government units, government agencies, and other sectors towards the building of a Mindanao which is truly a home, Balay and Bane for its tribe people, the Moros, the Lumads, and the settlers. This is amazing. Yeah, you like you like the people yeah. from
0: from uh, Balay Mindanao. <laughs> so let's welcome Nathira Dangpaldin. Okay, yeah. sala,
1: welcome to the she talks. Please, Nathira.
2: Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.
0: Thank you for inviting me, Mama Nina and Ma'am Dina. Natira, I was just reading on Mindan News that the rehabilitation of Marawi has not been as successful as government says. Oh, Natira, tips uh, nodding her head. <laughs> Mindan News says Marawi's Ground Zero remains a ghost town. Can you tell us what's, uh, what's happening there, Natira? Yeah, actually, I am one of the residents of Ground Zero.
2: We were in the Sector 9, Barangay Dato sa Dansalan. We were were not included to those who were... We were still in the temporary transitional shelter in Barangay sa And it's really hard for us to live there. Yes, we were not uh, supplied with sufficient water.
0: Natira, it's been six years, right? Almost five years, Mom Amina. That, that's 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, 20. Yeah, yeah. Okay, five, five years and you're still in temporary settlement and no water? Yes. It it was very challenging
2: living in a small uh, room with 11 members of the family.
0: What? 11, 11 members in one room? Yes, Ma'am Amina. That is very
2: challenging for us and imagine I have two kids at home and they ca- they cannot take a bath every day. We have to schedule wow. our... Yes, that's very challenging for us as an ADP. So we are looking forward to complete the project of Marawi Rehabilitation and uh, somehow we are praying that the rehabilitation will not be
0: affected by this coming May 9th 2022 election. Sure. Ah well, I, I'll keep my fingers crossed, Natera, <laughs> that it will not affect the rehab. You know, you know, Dina. Every time government talks about the success in rehabilitating Marawi, they keep talking about having built this building or they have put up this road, but they never really talk about people and families like Natira's families, and how they're still stuck in one-room
1: units. I agree, Nina. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, what is the government doing then? I mean, in your interactions with the Natira, how how have these discussions been? We are
2: encouraging, or we are asking for a full participation, we as an IDP, in the Marawi Rehabilitation, but unfortunately, there are only limited participation from us. It really saddens, saddens me that the rehabilitation were fo- focusing on the infrastructures in the Ground Zero, those roads, but they are no, not 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 really reg- uh, neglecting, but less prioritizing the basic needs
1: of the IDPs in the Marawi. Wow. Well, uh, Okay. Uh- I really am am, am stumped, you know, I mean, uh, I really thought that this was all over. I mean, you are building it up. I can't believe also that, you know, it's five months of a a siege, right? And five years later, six years later, it's back to zero. I
2: mean, we lost our homes, we lost our uh, business, we lost almost everything, right? We started from scratch, from zero, from the donation that we received.
1: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com.
0: I can, I, I, I can, I can empathize course, with uh, with Natira. Right. but, but you know, Dina, that's why, uh, no matter how much you criticize the UN, especially the UN Security Council for their inability right. to act, it there are uh, bodies like uh, UNDP uh-huh. and UN Women who continue to provide vital support, and UNDP has been working closely to like with Balai Mindanao, to empower the community and to empower young women. Yes. Oh,
1: okay. Natira, I have a question to ask. I mean, I was just wondering, okay, with what has happened now, are the radicals, are the militants gone from Marawi? Are they still causing trouble or you've totally cleansed them out of the area and just focusing on rebuilding? Uh, I, I can't even answer to that. All right.
2: Uh, but as what I, what have Ami, Atiyamina said just a while ago that I, we uh, as an IDP are very much thankful that we have a UNDP who helped us through Balay Now I was capacitated and empowered mm-hmm. to help in sustaining and, and uh, rebuilding lives of our co-Maran. Pro pro yes, in Marawi city. Despite all the challenges that right. we encounter, despite all the pains. Uh, there's still support, especially UNDP, who helped us right, yeah. in rebuilding our lives.
1: Um, okay, so you mentioned that. How have they helped you and your community? Could you just elaborate on that?
2: Yeah, uh, actually, I started my peace-building journey okay. in San here in Malay-Mindanao. So uh, we started our project with UNDP. As far as I can remember, it is a a social healing and peace building project uh, through that project we were capacitated we were empowered to and trained on how to provide participatory rural approach of uh, barangay development planning second we were also trained on how to provide psychosocial support to other idps or to our PUMA or in marawi city yes yeah. it was really uh, great uh, and it was really helpful as of now we have trained 100 youth in Marawi, to provide psychosocial support, and we also provided social enterprises to fifteen local groups in uh, our partner barangays in Marawi City. So it is really, really helpful in building an empowered and sustainable and resilient community in uh, Marawi Atira, City. Katira,
0: describe to us how the women were right after the siege when when you when you first started uh, working. With the women, what were they like? Were they afraid? Were they uh, active in working with government? What were they like, Natira? Yes. uh thank you for asking that question, Mama Mina. You know,
2: during the first year of Marawi siege, on twenty seven or twenty eighteen, when we provide psychosocial support service to our uh, to women, of course, there there are still those who have who still feel, who are still afraid, afraid who, who, those who are still feel hopeless, especially those are, uh, those who are still staying in evacuation centers. Some uh, women that we have provided psychosocial support or somehow feel uh, hopeless after losing all their, losing everything that they had. But, On the other side, uh, they still feel hopeful that the government or there are uh, some agencies who will help them rebuild their lives, uh, especially when with the presence of uh, Palai Mindanao and uh, other funders who help us, they opened their Issues they open, uh, they raised their concerns for a hope that we, we can help by raising those concerns to the government and to the, uh, to those uh, concerned agencies addressing those issues and concerns they have raised to us. Uh, second, uh, on the later part of our interventions and partners, uh, with our partner barangays, women were, uh, as we have trained them also, they were encouraged to participate in our dialogue and conversations. They were also encouraged to join different local women groups. For example, we have this uh, Renown. It's a movement. It's a movement of an IDP where uh, issues and concerns were consolidated to uh, race, in, race and lobby or to the government of Marawi, to the FBM and other concern agencies.
0: Natira, what were the what were the major concerns what were the major issues that the women were complaining about during the uh, especially those women who are staying in Matungau,
2: if you are familiar in that in Matangao Lana, del Norte they were one of their issues is the time limit give, given to them all, and also in the temporary shelter in Sabun they were given only five years to stay in the uh, temporary shelter. Now, to, uh, in, in this year, it will be five years. They were asking, "What
0: will happen after five years?" Wait, 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 Natira. They're given a time limit of five years. Yes. And and then what? These these women and their families are supposed to be the ones to find. New homes isn't that the government's responsibility to give them the the
2: housing? Yes, it is actually the government' responsibility to give them the housing. But as of now, especially on us uh, in the uh, barangay sabungsungan, we are still not given. I mean, the permanent housing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Parang limited lang
0: because I mean, if if there's a time limit, the time limit should be for government, yeah, not for yeah. the victims. Yes. Dina, Dina, I I, I really can't understand that <laughs> that that psychology. Here you are. It's not your fault. You lose your homes because of the conflict between uh, government troops and the violent extremists. They destroy your home and your livelihood. And then there's a time limit for you to, <laughs> to recover. It's a good thing that you have groups like Balay Mindanao who are trying yeah. to help these families recover. So, so are they are they a little better now, Natira? How are they now, these women that you're working with? As of now, the
2: dialogue or the conversation for that uh, issues is still continuous. We are still looking or finding ways on how to give or provide permanent shelter to them. So, yeah, the dialogue is still
0: uh, continuous. I also understand that you're helping educate the women on uh, women, peace and security, that women have a role, right, to to play in uh, establishing peace. Tell us more about the training that you're doing to educate uh, the women on, on the Women, Peace, and Security agenda? Yeah, first and foremost, I am really thankful that we have this uh, national action plan on
2: Women, Peace, and Security, especially with the UNSCR 1325. I re- I really do appreciate and agree in increasing awareness on NAPWPS, WP- uh, especially on the remote areas in our partner barangays. Second, I really do uh, encourage the participation of Women in peace process and, and decision making. So we are encouraging our local women groups to join the spe- uh, special bodies in the, in the barangay, to join the BDC, to join the, um, and other committees in barangay for them to have an opportunity to raise their issues and concerns and also to join, have an inclusivity in the
0: barangay development plan. Natira. Maybe maybe you can tell Dina what a barangay is <laughs> because I don't think she's familiar about what is a barangay.
2: Yes, please. Uh, <laughs> a barangay is uh, a small community in a uh, municipality. Our barangay here in Philippines are composed
0: of different zones, city or purok. It's like a it's like a kampong, Dina. But it's like a kampong but in ah. the Philippines. The barangay is actually the smallest unit of local government. So the barangay captain is elected. He has a council um, who pass uh, barangay mm-hmm. uh, legislation, barangay regulations, and they have a budget from government so that they can support uh, services right. in uh, in the community. And Natira is telling us that the women. Uh, are now being uh, empowered so that they can talk to their barangay captain and input in the makings of the barangay yeah. development plan. That's really encouraging, Nadira. Tell us more about that.
2: Yes, ma'am. So, yeah, we okay. also encourage uh, localizing NAP WPS or RAP WPS and uh, down to the grassroots level through wow. barangay resolutions. Uh, as of now, we we have seven, okay. uh, we have, we already have barangay resolutions in some partner
0: areas in now and uh, in Aliosan and Pikit. Like, like what resolution? Give us an example of a barangay resolution. A resolution
2: that recognizing the local women group. Like uh, we peace, well, we have uh, we have actually organized a local women group named Women Engage in Peace Building or We Peace to join or to be part of their barangay development council.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Oh, that's, that's <laughs> yes.
0: really encouraging, uh-huh. eh, Dina? Maybe, maybe they can be part of the Southeast Asian uh-huh. Women Peace Builders Network, yeah?
1: No, they should. They should. Please, Natira. I think you've got my email. I'll, we'll follow up. But it'll be fantastic. And Amina, we should get her in our focus group discussions. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Because, uh, Natira, we're, we're trying to help uh, ASEAN develop a regional action plan on women, peace, and security. And it's so encouraging to hear about you uh, bringing the organizing down to the community level. Now you're you have actually managed to have your barangay pasa resolution to have a plan for women peace and security. That's that's fantastic, Natira. Congratulations!
2: thank you. It is for. I know the feeling and I really have to do it to help them, no? Uh, Yeah. uh, In addition, in addition to our discussion, we also have provided support to that local women group. Yeah. Yeah. Through capacity development capacity right. yeah we have trained them on leadership on how to we have also invited them yeah. to join our uh, operation peace course this operation peace course is a course uh-huh. provided by the Belay Mindanao wherein we train them on how to mediate or negotiate uh, yeah. in their local areas like for example in address addressing issues of women uh, or gender issues or um, we have our land conflict yeah. we have also another we have also trained them on para basic paralegal training to join the BDCN in, uh, in mediating or what do we call this in resolving
0: conflict in their local barangays that's that's yeah. uh, uh-huh. exciting news you know Dina one of the right. big problems in Marawi uh, the reason why government is saying it's difficult to rehabilitate uh, the housing is because there are multiple claims on land because Mm -hmm. the titles the titles are problematic sometimes you have like four families claiming the same Ah. property so now Natira is uh, helping provide training para legal that's that sounds so Mm -hmm. so professional (laughs) So you're actually helping these women understand what they can do so they can file their claims, Natira? Yes,
2: yes. And we are looking forward for that. Just this March, we have created an action plan for that different issues, land issues and gender issues. So we are looking forward to conduct or do that action plans uh, within these years. We will provide you update on that and... In addition we are also encouraging our women to uh, do the monitoring and evaluation through documentation and report of different right. issues or story uh, successful even successful stories of women who engage themselves in uh, peace building and
0: peace process yeah. in our local partner areas tell us a story Natira. Yeah. a success story of a oh, woman yeah. That, that, yeah. That, should, that should be fun so
2: actually this is exciting because uh, it is a successful story. We have partner barangays, two partner barangays in Mama Sapano. That barangays have Rido. It is a Rido is a Maranao term for, it is a family feud. This Rido was so, started so long and until now it was still unresolved. But when we, when we had our Operation Peace Course, two of our participants were from that two different part, party from family A and family B. What excites me the most what what, what excites us the most is that two participants chooses to be rather than support their uh, families in I mean other
0: than to and support the conflict and these were women Natira yes who were wow. women so they became peacemakers Yes. Wow.
2: They, they choose to be friends to uh, okay. friend together. And when, when we were discussing the conflict, they were so open. They put their trust on us that through this uh, Operation Peace Course, we identified, uh, conducted conflict mapping. We have identified forces, some forces or factors that Uh, affect or that causes they do in their, between their families. We also have provided different action plans and one of those are peace dialogue with the two families. And just this March, we were updated that the feud were already resolved and the family of family B can now, the family B is now open
0: to join family A in the Parangay Tuka. So, so they're able to find a solution to, yes. the, to the feudal conflict. That's amazing because you know, Dina, the okay. rido yeah. that we have in uh, some parts of Muslim Mindanao, they last for oh. generations, yes. and that uh, because normally both clans would have right. like firearms, they contribute to the armed conflict in the areas. So this is fantastic. We have a community-based initiative that's actually resolving RIDO. That should be documented. And <laughs> you know, maybe that can be done elsewhere. Let women be the peace builders. Natira has to be the peace builders. <laughs> ah. so, na- so Natira, now elections are Bye-bye. are here. And you know very well, I don't know how it is in, in Malaysia, Dina, but uh, in Muslim Mindanao, every time there's elections, there's also an increase in, yeah, in yes. violence. So, Natira, what, what is it like in the areas that you are helping? What, how are the women, uh, acting in the elections? Are they, trying to make sure the elections are clean and fair or are they campaigning Mm -hmm. for their clans yeah uh, actually uh, as of now we
2: are having our activity on Peace Advocacy Campaign for a Clean and Meaningful Election. So we have trained young women leaders or key actors from our barangay on how to participate in this coming election, on how to choose either. And uh, second is on how to monitor the situation in the area, especially this coming election. So we have these young Women leaders in our partner barangays who give us an update on what is happening on our partner
0: barangays. Okay, that sounds that sounds pretty amazing. Natira, do you have any plans of uh, running yourself, maybe becoming okay. a part of the Sangguniang Barangay, the Barangay Council, or becoming Barangay Captain yourself? I cannot say that for now, but but I am pretty sure that
2: I am forever. A part of a peace building journey. For now. Okay, for
0: now. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds really good. That sounds really encouraging yes. for women, <laughs> women, peace and security in the Bangsamoro. So I'm, I'm, I'm really glad we had a chance to yes. have this <laughs> conversation yeah. with Natira because, you know, we've been, we, you and I, Dina, we've been discussion. talking yeah. to. Our friends from Nigeria, Mm -hmm. from Palestine, from Yemen. And it's good to hear about homegrown solutions to conflict that, if you did not address, could become a lot bigger. So great to to listen to your experiences, uh, Natira.
1: Yes. And it's good to hear something positive coming out from because 'cause it's been quite quiet in the yeah, international yeah. news. So yes, this is fantastic. And Natira, we'll send you an invitation to join the Southeast Asian Women Peace Builders Network. I, I'm I'm currently here in Kagayan right now. Oh, I, I okay. have not yet okay. went
0: back home. So Natira, how are you spending Ramadan? How is Ramadan in the in Marawi? I spend my Ramadan faithfully, but I, again,
2: I keep on working with, just to contribute in our in artist building works. So I think it is still a blessing or you still
0: receive blessings for that. Almost definitely. And I hope that our communities in... Yeah. Marawi especially in ground zero yeah. who get the support that yeah. they need i mean can you imagine uh, Dina, not having water during ramadan right. not for uh, your just just think about the ablutions for yeah, the prayers yeah. how can you how can you in you know, a situation like that when prayers especially during ramadan are so important and you you need water to to clean yourself for for the prayers i I really hope and pray that government uh, will be a little faster in in the work that they do to rehabilitate Marawi. So thank you so much, Natira, for for joining
1: us, and uh, we look forward. Yeah. What an inspiring story. It really is, you know? Yeah, so Natira, we'll see you on the email, inshallah. Inshallah, and thank you again for uh, inviting
2: me and for giving me this opportunity to uh, share my experiences and to inspire other women, young women, to just to, yes, to participate and please participate and join in our in local governance in our barangays, in our communities, for us to reach what we were uh, praying for for our uh, communities to have an equity,
0: development, and peace for Mindanao, for the Philippines, and for the whole world. Thank you. Inshallah, Natira. In, inshallah. So that was a
1: hopeful conversation, Dina. Yes, very hopeful. I mean, <laughs> we've had some very intense uh, discussions about uh, peace building. Yeah. But yes, I hope our listeners actually, you know, find this very inspiring to hear, well, not one lone voice, but at least there's someone from always saying, hey, we're doing something. On their own.
0: On their own. Yes. And if, uh-huh. if my. If any any leader yeah. from my government's listening, will you yeah. please hurry up and do something <laughs> more to support yeah. the the displaced, yeah. the, the internally based yeah. people, a little bit more help so that they can recover uh. instead of just focusing yeah. on infrastructure. My
1: goodness.
0: Yeah. I, I I shouldn't have this this negative thoughts. It's Ramadan. <laughs> so. yeah. Think thoughts of peace, Dina, thoughts of peace. Yes. (laughs) So so thank you again, Natira, and to all of our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, This is uh, Amina Rasul from the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy saying salam, uh, greetings of peace to everyone, and see you again soon. She Talks Peace is brought to you in partnership with Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics,
2: the easiest way to monetize your podcast. For more information, check out their website at podcastnetwork.asia and podmetrics.co. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia